good morning, afternoon, nighttime, or no time. I'm your host, Sebastian Strange, and this is Somewhere Public Radio. Max was traveling in time and basically fell out. Mercurial, reckless, and very, fuck it, I'll do it myself. She's gonna know that I'm not time-wise from here, walking around with this Y-hander. Max has a really elaborate pocket watch. Which the city council is gonna use to spy on you and control your time movements. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Claire Claremont, with her vacant eyes and her violent smile and her very sallow skin. (laughs) What would it be like if you had someone come back from the dead and be Gwyneth Paltrow? I have a womb simulator. Oh. I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Occasionally on windy nights, I still get flashbacks to my time as a vassal. Eat the heart, Claire. (sighs) Duncan Oliver. Investigative, friendly, a little flirty. Mm. He works at the radio station WSOM, Radio Somewhere. This story deserves to be covered. I agree. We should get our best reporters on it. And Duncan kind of looks around. Sebastian looks around. Oh. Citizens of Somewhere, this is a emergency broadcast update. It is advised that everyone please stay off the street. The city council, praise be. The screaming fog. Oh, shit. I don't even refer to them by name. I don't want to give them that kind of power. The flayed beyond, which oh. is generally pretty oh, bad. Oh, no, it sounds horrible. Bus is sentient, bus is alive, bus is forever. A leviathan of steel and tinted glass. Run! Season 2 of Monster Hour. Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are merely roleplayers, where theatrical people play roleplaying games. I'm Matt, I'm your compere for this main house production, and I am joined uh, in person around the table, first of all by Ellie. Hello, I'm Ellie, and I am playing Percy Byron, the Exile. Hello, I'm Strat, I'm playing Briar the Monstrous. Hey, I'm Dave, I'm playing Mick the Mundane. Hello, I'm Chris, and I'm playing Ed Kincaid, the Professional. And in this backstage episode, we're going to create some backstory and work out how some of these characters are connected. We already have uh, one set of connections from way back in Playtime, the very first production from the main house. Persephone Byron and Mick are already connected. Can you just remind us uh, what that connection was? Yes. So Mick was the first person to take Percy in, explain the modern world and learn about her origins 
so we had created a story whereby uh, Percy lived with Mick for a while and they watched a lot of quality TV programming such as Ice Road Truckers and Time Team. Yeah, it says we're, we're good friends now. But uh, none of these uh, other characters have been in a session together before, so we need to create some connections between them. We're at the stage where some of you are probably running out of history questions from the playbook, uh, so feel free to go off-piste and off-book and invent your own if you like. Does anybody have a connection with another character that is already kind of in their mind? Um, I wonder if for Mick and Briar that Briar could potentially have introduced me to the existence of monsters, but Mick doesn't know that necessarily, mm-hmm. just that he was involved somehow in the incident that Mick was involved in. <laughs> you really are as oblivious as I am. <laughs> I, think... I don't even know how anything happened, so it would make sense that Brian might have been involved that in that. <laughs> does dovetail actually very nicely with the connection that I wanted to have with Mick. Which sounds Go ominous. <laughs> Go on. Well, no, no, so I correct me if I'm wrong, but Mick's family has like always been in Sheridan, right? Was that been established? Yeah, born and raised. Yeah, yeah, but like decade, like Ooh, yeah. generations and generations. I kind Ooh. of feel there has been a Mick. What's Mick's surname? Brick. There's, a, there's <laughs> the Brick family. <laughs> the Bricks have been in Sheridan for since Sheridan was just a, like a crossroads, um, and so. Briar has known like every single generation of Brick <laughs> and has got this like weird it thing where it cannot be Brick. <laughs> <Is> it... <laughs> I, you see, I, I, feel it, I feel it can for the reason of one of the relations I have left to go is just that we're related. And I think it's because we are oblivious and forget all these things after us. I think that would be really funny, especially if I call you Michael the entire time. <laughs> Yeah, Michael Brick. And I'm completely, completely oblivious to the fact that even Mick Brick is a problem. Yeah, yeah Michael Brick. <laughs> and it makes sense they'd be called Brick if they were there before the town was even built. They wouldn't oh. be built most of the time. <laughs> I guess if they were like literally like a bricklaying family yeah. back when people had use surnames like Smith. Yeah, but they're not they're not bricks. They're not actually... <laughs> no, presumably the name would be Leia, yeah. yeah. Things change over time. <laughs> it used to be did... Michael Bricky and <laughs> Mickey Bricky. Mickey Bricky. <laughs> did, did we not come up with a surname for you before? I don't remember. We There's nothing written down. No. <laughs> Mick, Mick Layer was on the table. And Mick, I, I had a similar reaction to that. <laughs> it, because it sounds like he's in adult entertainment. <laughs> so you're saying over all this time, Matt, that hasn't grown on you at all. <laughs> it well, could be Mick Mason. That'd be fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Mick Mason. There we go. That's. Yeah, that works. So, yeah, the Masons Mm -hmm. have been in Sheridan forever. And for some strange reason, Briar, over those generations, they've just decided they're just going to like mess with that particular family. It's all like, (laughs) not for any sort of malice, just it's become habit now. So there's a new one. I will do like the horse... Like the horse ridey mm-hmm. thing was probably always the new Mason. Like, oh, I haven't done this Mason yet. I'll do this Mason. So it's it's a really long running one sided prank. War. Yeah, <laughs> that's very on brand for Briar. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. And then yeah, as a kind of as a result of that, Briar is forming a habit of just being a witness to people's origin stories. <laughs> you were just there when Cameron's family got slaughtered by ghouls, and you were there. It sounds like, Dave, uh, when Mick dug too deep, hit a ley line, and mm-hmm. whatever it was happened there. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. 
It does say tell them how you feel about that on my book, but I, I don't think Mick knows. So, so how you feel at the is moment feel is. <laughs> yeah. I guess that means because part of the point of this is to, you know, create some shared history so that you have like a way of relating to each other in the game. It's like Briar always seems to know something, like acts like they know something about you, but you can't quite put your finger on what it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He yeah, knows more than he should about me. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, that covers uh, Briar and Mick, both directions. Oh, and potentially covers Kincaid to Mick. As I well. still quite like the distant, uh, like a you know a, a reasonably far removed cousin mm-hmm. or whatever, because Ed is so oblivious to the reasonably constant weird things going on in Sherry Down, yet still winds up coming here all the time. Mm-hmm. Then, like quite often, there would have to be a reason he can explain away why he came there in the first place, mm-hmm. and I think. Visiting, visiting, visiting. <laughs> visiting. Yeah. Do you think there could also be sort of a, some kind of cosmic reason why you might be drawn back to or reassigned to the town constantly? Because well, I think have, there like, probably is, there. but I just don't think he no, I don't think would acknowledge it, it <laughs> under <laughs> any circumstance. No. I just fancy going to visit this really distant relation yeah. that in other circumstances I wouldn't talk to Ed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seems totally normal to no me. No one's even asked. <laughs> yeah. Is Ed maybe like a godfather or a cool uncle? Or would Ed be a cool uncle or would he be like a slightly weird uncle? to like some of the younger masons I don't I don't think he'd be a cool uncle <laughs> I don't even think he'd think he was a cool uncle <laughs> but yeah a bit begrudging dutiful uncle maybe his, his man or something just goes you've got to go and check on <laughs> got to go and check on Michael I think Ed probably thinks yeah, he's always in some sort of situation pickle I know just going to make sure he's alright even though Ed's exactly the same <laughs> and just doesn't recognise that about himself Whatsoever. And I imagine any checking on exchange is just going to be like, you okay? You yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Bye. Pub? No, I've got stuff on. All right, see you. <laughs> I'm glad I made the journey. <laughs> nice. Okay. You all right with that, Dave? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. And does that give you any thoughts about what the um, the backstory might be the other way? Um, I get... What's the... Is, is Mick the younger or is... Are they of an age? I imagine Mick as being a bit younger than Kin- Kincaid, but you it's up to but you. But it wouldn't to... be hugely younger, would no. it? So it's yeah, kind like, of... It's like 50-something. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if there's kind of a... You know, he'd be looking up a bit as well, so... And being like, oh, he's visiting. This is kind of exciting when he was younger. And then as he's gotten older, being like, he's still coming. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really understand what's going on. Just like the time <laughs> in the calendar rolls around, you're like, oh... Ed's yeah. coming. Got to, be got here to make, soon. Got to make sure we got some eclairs in. It's the visit from Father Stone. <laughs> it's like, oh no. Yeah, maybe there's there's like a a kind of ongoing thing that Mick feels like he needs to do whenever it's happening, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, I need to go and get this specific thing that I know that he likes or something. So there's a kind of begrudging kind of, oh, got to sort that out. And it might be like I don't know that there's some a gift he's been given in the past that he's puts in the attic. And he's like, right, I've got to go and get that out because. <laughs> Because I'm being visited again. <laughs> but it probably plays on the mantelpiece. Exactly. Yeah, this is always here. Uh, I like the idea of the, the object that's hidden and then comes out when he visits. And I, I, I sort of immediately thought, oh, I bet it's a, a, a it's got like some kind of ward or protection on it. Mm. So it's actually some sort of really ugly ornament, but it, it's actually even like being in the attic is is offering Mick some level of protection. But I, I, I kind but of like... It would the, be like Kin- Kincaid wouldn't realise it was doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or so, maybe did initially and then immediately forgot, but felt the that. urge still to give it to. <laughs> maybe whichever like relative uh, initially put the pressure on me to go and keep checking on 
kind of knows the thing is yeah. of some <laughs> importance, but we're just it's just some naff gift otherwise. <laughs> I'd love the fact that if that happened like a good like 10, 15 years ago when Mick was a kid, it was like excitedly open going, Oh well, thanks. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> Oh, cheers. Uh, this is a lovely ornament that I've always wanted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what teenagers would like, right? <laughs> Ellie, we haven't heard much from you yet. We need, Percy needs relationships with Briar and with Kincaid. Yes. Anything come to mind? Uh, yeah, so I think, I think I've got a good one for Briar. So it says, they belong to an organisation that existed in your home time. Decide between you what your relationship was with that group and how you'll be remembered by them. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I don't think it needs to be necessarily an official organisation. It could just be group or, of Fey and like Forest. Ofi- or like official membership. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Briar might not go in for that. There's not much official in the Fey, no. <laughs> no, unless you have a gang. Have a gang. Courts. <laughs> They're big on courts. When yeah. you're a Fey, you're a Fey. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, they have affiliations and yeah. loyalties, definitely. And you definitely would have been around mm. in my home time. Mm. Oh. And I imagine, yeah. because I was stationed... Mm-hmm in Sheridan for several years that mm. there would have been some stuff that would have gone down that you'd have been involved yeah. in. Well, uh, Briar's part of Briar's job was to act as liaison with Doom and before it the, the, order. the order. Oh, well, there yeah. we go. That um, is already true in that case. This, yeah, this bit so of it makes perfect sense. So you'd have been my point of contact. Yes. <laughs> how exciting. <laughs> so then I guess the question is how will I, how am I remembered by Briar? I think that is answered by what I wanted my relationship mm-hmm. with Percy to be, which is going to be Percy is the only mortal in Briar's eons of consciousness to actually, like, wheel their way out of a deal with the Fae <gasps> through, haha, I found a loophole. <laughs> Ooh. And therefore, when Percy disappeared, Briar was like, Good, that annoying, <laughs> that annoying mortal's gone. <laughs> and then, like, for Briar, at least, at the blink of an eye, a couple of hundred years later, Percy comes back, damn it! <laughs> Why is she back? That's brilliant. Uh, it's just a nice narrowing of the eyes. <laughs> Percy. <laughs> so did Percy wheedle her way out of a deal with Briar, or just with oh, some Yeah, family? I think with Briar specifically. And I guess it, it makes sense if it was some sort of, like, Percy would have needed... Briar to agree to something to do with the order, probably. Like, mm. if you're stationed here and Briar is, like, the representative of the, of the Fae here, you'd want something out of them. We may have just found the origin of why Briar is having to liaise with the order and everything <laughs> and Doom to begin with, because it's not something mm. the Fae would, like, I have to do this for all time sort of mm. thing, and if Briar got bored they'd very easily just go, ah, I can't bother. Like, there's nothing going to be forcing them to do it. Whereas if you manage to wheedle an agreement out that has basically trapped Briar, having to do that role, even oh. grudgingly. I wonder if it's something like, it, I mean, I, I don't know, because this then doesn't make it last forever, but it could be that the deal was, the loophole I found was time travelling. So it could have been like, you agreed to work with the Order for as long as I'm alive. <laughs> And you had it in your mind that, I'm, I mean, my mortal life is almost nothing to you. Mm. But then, of course, I just disappeared. And but but you know, I didn't die. So you have to keep working with the order indefinitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until until death confirmed. Habeas <laughs> <laughs> yeah. corpus. Um, or it could be something really trifling that's just 
annoyed you? I think trifling that it's annoyed funny, him would be it? more fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't think of any specifics, but... Your, your it bow. doesn't get much more trifling than that. I can't even remember what <laughs> yeah. it was, but I'm really angry about it. Yeah, do you reckon when we, when we were reunited, I couldn't even remember what it was about, and he was <laughs> even more incensed. Like, you're bound to, 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 like, supply Order HQ with snacks from the forest or something, <laughs> on a regular basis. <laughs> Pay a tithe in tasty berries. They just find a little pile of acorns outside every, every month. It's just like I fulfilled my part of the bargain. I'm That's great. I enjoy that. Yeah, we don't decide exactly what no, it no. is. We just Percy did something clever. Yes, well, mm-hmm. it sounds like Percy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something sort of com- almost computer programming y. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, doing lots of you know your your. Sisters with somebody who basically invented logic. Yes. <laughs> or, a, or a new kind of logic that the Fae wouldn't have understood. Mm-hmm. I, love that, I love that my character's super smart, but Ellie doesn't need to be smart enough to remember exactly what was <laughs> <No>. that happened. <laughs> For you, it was Tuesday. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so we've got Kincaid and Briar and Kincaid and Percy mm-hmm. need some backstory. Yeah. So I've got two things left on the official history list. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what what is Kincaid's sort of is I feel like for some reason that Kincaid's general attitude is fairly old school. Is that fair to say? Yeah, pretty much. Like, and what's the attitude towards monsters? Is it like just kill them all? Doesn't really. No, he's got the, the so normally his agency requires him to live capture right monsters. However, like he's reasonably hazy on whether he's ever encountered anything supernatural at all. Right. Yeah. I think and, the, the last. Mission, which is, you know, the tourist trap bit is the one that it's just about has like pangs of memory of like, and it's only because when he returns, people do occasionally remind him that that is a thing that occurred. <laughs> but like, I think he has to go over his reports a lot to just because he wrote them at the time, filed them like, and uh, he just has to check that that is still what he thinks happens because he just slowly fades out of his brain and gets sort of rationalized and. Yeah. explained away. I feel like Kincaid's overall attitude to the supernatural is I would rather not be dealing with it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he was kicked to like this, you know, nonsense department which has turned out not to be quite such a nonsense. Yeah. But that's only recent. So. Yeah, this whole like you live capture policy was almost just like another parameter that the bosses put on him as like an impossible task to fulfill yeah so it's not necessarily something he believes in it's yeah. just something it's he's just set a, up to fail and yeah. he's recently realized that he might not have to <laughs> cool yeah the two i have left is when you met you immediately liked and respected each other and you both became hunters because of the same because the same sort of monster attacked you or your kin but person became mm-hmm. a hunter because she was born into it mm-hmm. and i'm happy to go with immediately liked and respected each other but i'm trying to find a reason as to why we might have done that yeah the things i've got left mostly involve direct involvement with agency things of the other characters so i have to like by the agency sort of have acknowledged your existence in a supernatural way not a not just as a person so i've got i was sent to deal with them as a hazard (laughs) to the agency's policies or they pulled you and maybe your team out of a terrible foobard mission but the barrier I continually run into with these sorts of questions, or they've they worked with the agency before and they're well regarded. That, so that doesn't require me to acknowledge you as supernatural. <laughs> I, well, I don't, th- I think I quite like the one about um, you being sent to deal with me as an issue because... That was the one I was leaning towards. Yeah, because Percy does not buy into the capture live 
thing. Like she's she that's something that she's come up against with other yeah. people is she's still got the no no we kill all the monstrous things. So if she's going around probably with Starkey's character, um, <laughs> <laughs> just trying to deal with um, maybe like low level pests in the area mm-hmm. and causing a bit of a ruckus, yeah. then you may well have been deployed to try and deal with her. But I don't think you'd necessarily regarded Percy as supernatural. It'd be very easy yeah. for you to just, just assume she's be like, yeah, a, just human, a woman, <laughs> human woman with a vigilante <laughs> complex. Yeah. Well, I also have funny words sometimes. <laughs> yes. Equally, uh, there's a like Percy just appeared on the radar. There is no kind of record of her. She doesn't show up in surveillance stuff before she appeared, yeah. which is what another like a non-supernatural reason why she might be on MI5's radar yeah, as exactly. like a threat to national security. And the rest of it is just by the very nature of it being Sherry Down. It's, yeah. like, it's like, here's another thing going on. Yeah. Better check it out. Because also, I get the impression most of the time when it turns up in Sherry Down, he's going to interview someone, conclude that nothing untoward is going on, <laughs> <laughs> and leave again. And so like that, that could ultimately really be what has happened so, <laughs> so there's a there's a kind of a nice story in Kincaid was dealt sent to deal with Percy as a threat or like you know had Percy on the tick list of things yeah. to deal with in Sheridan but then you met each other and respected each other yeah and it could have been partly because regardless of what Kincaid wants to believe is actually happening in Sheridan it's evident that I am keeping the trouble levels down to an yeah. extent so you're like oh it's just like you're making my great. job very easy yeah carry on <laughs> you're making forgetting very easy yeah. <laughs> And I'm, I'm just happy that there's someone who seemed like they were going to come and interfere, but then was very on board with mm-hmm. the way I do things. So I think mutual liking and respect can come from that. Yeah, yeah great. <laughs> yes. You stay out of my business and I'll stay out of yours. Precisely. <laughs> and then we go straight into an adventure where they're working together. Great. <laughs> I just also like, because it's a hazard to the agency's policies, and it ultimately is really just because Ed doesn't really think the policies can be fulfilled. <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, you're fine. You, you're sort of doing it. In that case, I kind of like, because Briar and Percy have a sort of rivalry and like possibly before we met and like I was coming into meddle with things, like you pulled me out of a foobard situation because you're like, ah, someone's come to meddle with Percy. Let's keep them about. <laughs> <laughs> Which goes up, increase your frustration when we're just fine with each other. <laughs> <laughs> so I quite like that as a notion. Between... So I pulled you out of something real bad. Yeah, probably. Possibly even Percy trying to deal with me in the first place. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like, yeah, or you stumbled into the forest. The, uh, yeah, the others are not... Stuff the others are not fair enough. Like, <laughs> like, they involve you too directly working in like in or with an agency yeah so i think we can come up with uh a like a monster situation that happened off air that that this is about or it could equally just be that kincaid was in the forest and some fae decided to have fun with him and briar pulled him out of that yeah didn't want to have to deal with Percy's wrath (laughs) for the fae messing with the one person she respects or or like (laughs) Stop messing with this guy because his his job in my eyes is to mess with Percy. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. It's sort of this sort of yes, yeah, cyclical thing where everyone's oblivious to their part in the irritation. Mm -hmm. That's funny because I have you save them from another of your kind as uh, history as well. But question: What does Ed think Briar is? (laughs) I guess 
probably whatever animal or whatever that you were when you dragged me out of a pickle. Because I was wondering, is Brian just going to be really annoyed because every time you turn up and you tear all the time, like, they have to introduce themselves? It's like, <laughs> oh, this isn't even fun. <laughs> yes, I'm Brian. Hello. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess it, like, ultimately depends what form you would take in those situations. Like... Because the only way Brian can talk to I don't think he'd forget people entirely. Well, the thing, Brian, is a two-foot-tall green... Exactly. (laughs) That's what I mean. But you do have a... You've got a human national trust personage, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. So I guess you remember Robin. That much. And then remember there being loads of animals around all the time. (laughs) Yeah. They always pull me out of trouble. <laughs> no, yeah. I never see the animals and Robin at the same time, but they're always around just after he was around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, maybe you have an assumption that the animals are around Robin all the time. Like you haven't, you, you won't let yourself believe that they are the same entity. I get it. Robin's controlling the animals. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's easier to believe that, than that's true. as supernatural as you'll go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Robin's got loads of pets. It's yeah. a Doctor Doolittle situation. <laughs> yeah. Okay then. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, like, some some other woodland fae without Briar's say so were like trying to get Kincaid to eat the fairy food or step into a fairy ring or something. Mm-hmm. Like, no, hands off. This one's mine. <laughs> um, it might be useful to know, like, have we all done off-air adventures together already, or is this going to be our first one with everybody or certain people? And it might be your first time, like these four of you Mm. doing um like fighting a monster together but you are all aware of what each other have been going have been doing you've probably all hung out at the pub yeah so like it's not any of any of your first time meeting it's not any of your first time knowing that you do supernatural stuff yeah but you might it's up to you whether there are kind of monster hunting experiences that you've gone through together or whether it's like we know that we do this stuff around here, but we haven't. I haven't done this specifically with you before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the only one, like for Mick, it's he obviously knows Percy because they're friends, mm-hmm. and he knows Ed because they're family. But with Briar, I don't know if Mick would have even actually encountered him yet. Mm-hmm. So I suppose that's the only one that we could probably work out is whether. Like, is Mick going to be like, oh my goodness, I, a I, small green thing? I would like to avoid that. <laughs> yeah. I, it's it's good in, like, early seasons when the audience haven't met Briar yet either, but, like, at this point, I think it's good it's if good you, you've met Briar, you know Briar's deal, mm-hmm. even if you haven't, like, been through a full-on ordeal with them yeah. before. Cool. That makes sense. I mean, it sounds like Briar has probably given you the Nightmare Horse Ride yeah. Initiation of all of the Masons in Sheridan. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> I wonder if your family talk about it. Like, at some point in your life, ever, something weird's going to happen and you just have to be okay with it. Just, just family history. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or well, that makes sense why he doesn't care about yeah. anything. He's yeah. like, Meh. I think <laughs> also guaranteed that like, your family would have taken into the forest and shown you Briar's tree. Yeah. And yeah. there would have been stories and tales growing up of. Mm-hmm. Do you think Briar, we sort of worked out that Briar may have witnessed the origin of it, but is Briar curious at all about how Mick gets these like weird bursts of strength? I think so, because I think throughout the whole history of Mick's family, nothing like this has happened mm-hmm. before. So I think at the back of Briar's mind, they're thinking, did 
I do this? Is this what happens when multiple generations of mortal have exposure to Fae? Or is this something else? So kind of like waiting in the wings trying to work out if this is this is Faye something or something. So else. that gives another reason why you might have been in contact. Yeah. Like Briar might have just like rocked up and kind of hung out and chatted with you while you're laying bricks mm-hmm. to try and get to the bottom of this. <laughs> Like a little point of fascination for you. Yeah, just like distracting you while some mm-hmm. other fae put a few extra bricks on the thing <laughs> on the thing that you carry on the hod. Yeah. And like, how many bricks will he be able to carry? <laughs> they haven't, and they haven't found the amount yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because Mick's built. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Okay, uh, I think that's uh, enough off-stage backstory. I think we're ready to take the stage and play this adventure now. Woohoo! Yay! of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat Productions. You can find Monster of the Week at genericgames.co.nz. Merely Role Players is a Foggy Outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on.